Hey, welcome to episode 8 of the Rediscover Geek Podcast, where we talk about all things geek, all things geek. Um, <laughs> um, I'm joined here, as usual, by uh, Caesar and Anthony. Um, gentlemen, um, I'm going to start, the, before I do the introductions, um, I'm going to start the show uh, off, because um, we've for the last couple of weeks, we've always started the show because people have passed, um, and again, this is another week where we have to start the show because someone has passed away, um, and this time it's it's hits a little differently because because um, a lot of us or some of us I don't know if you Anthony but um, we knew Grant Imahara um, we I wouldn't say that I was a friend but um, multiple occasions we hung out at parties but a lot of my really good friends and best friends lost one of their best friends. Um, yesterday and it's devastating and um it's just like a loss of words like everything going on it just just to have this happen just kind of piles on top of it and he was a loved person um if you go on twitter um go online you'll see all the stories and about him and all like just how great of a person he was and if i can if I could end my life just having a portion of that, like, said about me, then I, I think I, I would have lived a great life. Um, so he's going to be missed, and I know that a lot of my friends um, are right now just reeling and devastated. And, yeah, so I just want to just rest in peace and just open the show up. Well, on that sad note, um, Caesar, do you have anything to say? Uh, I mean, you said it well, Chris. Uh, yeah, very, very sad day yesterday. Um, it was, it was definitely rough to see the news. It was, uh, I was shocked. Uh, I read about it on Facebook. Um, and I, at first I couldn't believe it was true. I, I was hoping it was fake news. And then we jumped on our meeting and then you confirmed it. So that, yeah, that was, um, that was a blow. Uh, Grant was amazing. Um, I got to meet him at one of, uh, Brittany's, uh, many uh, events, <laughs> um, but it was it was short, but it was so memorable because the guy was just so amazing. Uh, he he just had this presence, and he was so easy to talk to. He was very welcoming, and he made it so easy for you to just shoot the shit. Um, he was interested in who I was when I was introduced to him. I believe Jack introduced us. And he was on board. He was like, oh, what's up, Caesar? You know, what do you do? And he was just really interested in what I had to say. And a huge loss, uh, gone way too soon, very, very young. And, you know, it crushes me that, like you said, you know, this this hits very differently because it, it hits really, really close to home. Um, we're all feeling it in very different ways uh, because of what you said. Um, he was really good friends with a lot of the people that we're friends with. So I'm grieving, I'm grieving through them, I'm grieving for them, I'm grieving for him, and, you know, rest in peace, uh, it's huge loss, and, you know, um, he, he'll, he'll live on through us, um, but yeah, we're going to miss him. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Anthony, if you ever had an opportunity to meet him. I think um, I did, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if he was ever, when you were working at Witherworld, um, if he was at one of those events. Um. So yeah, so we'll start off that, but that actually ties into, um, uh, well, he ties into, um, cause obviously next week is Comic Con and they announced their Comic Con at home schedule and he was like a huge, um, 
I mean, I saw him every year at Comic Con. Uh, so he was, he was a huge. He was a big part of it. He was a big yeah, part he was a big part of Comic Con. Um, and so, um, that kind of ties into our headline news section because uh, Comic Con is next week. Um, and they released their their Comic Con Home Edition, and they released their schedule. Um, and I was I was skeptical. And hopefully that nobody that I know is watching this that works at Comic Con. <laughs> I was really skeptical at uh like when they announced the home edition because uh they announced like the WonderCon home edition and then um I went online to like YouTube to discover the WonderCon stuff and um it was great like programming, but it just wasn't done as well as I think it could have been done, um, in the presentation wise. So I've been like skeptical on like hoping that obviously for san diego it's a bigger deal um like what that would look like and so they released the schedule and you can go online and you can see it all wednesday through say it's programming wednesday through sunday and i was just impressed by the fact that it looks just like a normal comic-con schedule like if you go into their events guide they have like 20 panels starting at 10 a.m on on Thursday, and they have a lot of the same type of panels. They have the comic book panels. They have spotlights on creators. They have like toy panels. They have TV, film, movie. Like they have like all those panels that you would expect. Um, and so I'm like super curious on just how it's gonna be. Like it's gonna be on YouTube, and yeah, just how what the quality is gonna be like. Like is it gonna like are, what are you laughing about? Because <laughs> you sound very conflicted. <laughs> I'm conflicted, and I, well, I was just realizing that I didn't introduce. I introduced you guys, but I never went back to see how your guys' week oh, was. People know who we are already. Anyone that's yeah. watching already knows who we are. <laughs> I, just, I just like knowing how your guys' week are with, and so that's one. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So I'm excited. Uh, I was going through the scan of programming schedule before we went. I obviously went through it before. I have it up on here, so if you hear me if you see me looking to the side um but this is it this is like kind of like the biggest comic-con that we've seen like these home editions and you've seen like wither world you've seen other comic conventions go online with panels um to mostly celebrity panels um but this is like it's going to be super interesting to see what a comic-con from home for san diego is like with all the programming because that's what it is just programming right um yeah, so uh, what are you guys' thoughts? You guys excited? Are you guys... Anthony? <laughs> so, when we were pre-discussing this yesterday, we were like, oh, we're going to talk this, and we had this, like, in-depth conversation on it, and we're like, no, we have to save all these bits for the pot, like, we have to say, like, we have to hold out, don't, don't waste your good stuff, and then... Like we're gonna burn through our show if you guys don't speak up. Like no, 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 no. I got things oh, right, to yeah. say. I'm just uh, okay. I'm giving the floor to Anthony because he was gonna speak before I did. So that's why I'm like Anthony. But I got plenty to say on this. Uh, oh, but... I I have a. I have... Oh hi. Oh hey. <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> he just like burst through. Like I'm just coming on in. Um, well, that's a great question. We, that's a great point. Is like, is this? There he is. <laughs> is this going to happen a lot on the on the programming where there's going to be if they're doing it live or is it going to be pre-recorded? Yes, that's the question. I would like to know. Is this? Are these live they virtual panels? 
go to the single shot. So I <laughs> there he is. And there he goes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he looked he looked really bummed out that he get asked to leave. I did. I asked, I asked him to leave. Um, he's super bummed because, like, these are my normal, two, like, Monday and Tuesday are my normal two days off. Um, but since we had a dark week last week, I've, uh, worked nonstop for the last two days and my next day off next Monday. So <laughs> he's been literally bummed coming in all day wanting to play. I've been able to break away for like five minutes. Um, but then, yeah, so he's like super bummed and I feel really bad now. Um, yeah. Can't believe you so, kicked him out. I, I know. But yes, know. Uh, the question was do we know if these are going to be live virtual panels or pre recorded virtual panels? Or a um, both? I, I think, yeah, I think it's uh, going to be. Uh, I, I actually don't even know if it's going to be a mix of both. I actually think they're all going to be pre taped. Um, mm. I feel like it's more controlled. Maybe, like, maybe the. Uh, the individual panels, like, like comic publishers or spotlight panels, where it's just like one or a couple people talking via Zoom or whatever however they're using, like we're doing, like it looks like this. Um, uh, someone just called me a monster in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> you refuse to play with them. <laughs> I don't refuse. I went out and played with them multiple times. We did Jedi fighting, sword fight, like lightsaber battles. I was wrestling with them. Um, I played video games with them this morning. We're about 70% through Lego Star Wars, nice. um, Clone Wars 3, um, Episode 3. I did a lot, but it was like in short periods of time. It's just never <laughs> enough. It's never enough. And I, I get it. He's, he's a kid. I had, he, I had, he was, I was with him all weekend for the first time in a long time. So, well, I'm with him every weekend, but I'm not working this weekend. But, uh, so I think he just got used to me being around. <laughs> Sounds like no work was done. Well said. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways, I'm so far off topic. I don't. You guys bring it back. Bring it back. We're going well, back the to these is, panels. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Ahead. So the thing with these panels is it gonna? I just it's it's I just I'm just worried about the quality because everybody's had to you know take it upon their themselves to generate their own you know it's not controlled in the sense of everyone not everyone has a nice little setup that or has you know a production value that they can just you know whip up gonna be a lot of phone like (laughs) maybe or maybe we we might be really surprised and a lot of people actually because it has been such a a period of time now where a lot of us have to have gotten used to you know using technology and zoom and all this other stuff to to communicate, it might might actually be really really good. Um, yeah, well, I I think like the bigger panels, like there's a lot of like studio panels, kind of like TV and um, yeah, well, I, I think those are all being like post like they recorded that like two weeks ago and it's yeah. been post and it's gonna be like a final. They're gonna deliver a finished product that's gonna be very much broadcast ready. Um, the one thing I worry about though is like. Obviously, I'm a programming guy. Um, that's what I like. <laughs> obviously. When I work in San Diego. Yeah, obviously, I'm a programming <laughs> guy. Yeah. Um, that's what I did, you know, to do that for San Diego Comic Con back in the day. Um, and I did it for multiple years at Wizard World. Um, so I'm really big into panels. Um, but 
it, it, it's not that big. <laughs> um, I can't, I can't. But the one thing I uh, I worry about is just not having a live audience. Um, yeah. To uh, to kind of feed off of and like then like the the, the people on like the panelists they all feed off the live audience. Yes. Yeah. Uh, especially yeah, and that's like, what you mentioned, Caesar. Like yes. that live audience component is really, really big. And if you notice in some of these other pre-recorded stuff, it it does affect it like yeah, a great absolutely. deal. And it's it's that's the one thing about Comic Con is all these comic conventions are doing the whole virtual thing, and you know these panels are a little strange. The one thing that you don't get. One is the experience of being at a panel because you're in the doors, you know, the whole experience. It's, it's all one whole experience of waiting in line. Yeah, it sucks. But the excitement of I could possibly get into Hall H, you know, that's part of the experience. If you get in, huge. You got into we Hall H. We all get into Hall H. Exactly. That we could all get into Hall H. So it's not exclusive anymore. Um, you don't, if this is pre-recorded, I'm, I'm there's no way we can ask questions. People actually want to get in there and ask questions. And I know that not all the questions are <laughs> good questions, but still, that's part of the experience. So my concern with these being not, not at Com- well, is... It depends on... At Comic-Con, though, it depends on the panel. Like, that's not really the experience and, like, bigger, like, panels at Comic-Con. Because their audience question, like, Q&A, is only, like, three questions... Uh, from the audience maybe for like smaller ones like the comic like even those it's not as um it's not as free willing as like uh uh wither world where we had like a line of questions and you took audience questions for 45 minutes which can be very like i appreciate <laughs> i appreciate a fan being excited about asking a question but just all the questions from audiences can be very <laughs> very hard makes 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 panels very hard um but so i don't know if that's necessarily the same experience that kid i don't think it's the same experience at comic-con though because you're not used to the audience questions mm-hmm. um, well and i just didn't re- I, I, I don't know how i did not realize this but when i was looking at their youtube page they already did WonderCon at home yeah well that's yeah, what so i was talking about at the beginning was that was that experience like did you? I didn't even see any of them. I, I completely missed it. Was there anything that you saw that, or at least seen that it kind of? Well, it looked the my, my the, it was just a presentation for WonderCon. That's what I was kind of had me worried about mm. for Comic Con, is gotcha. because it's it's like and maybe that's just because of the world that like we're working in. We're on Twitch right now, and Caesar creates these like awesome overlays, and it looks clean, and it looks. I'm, I'm looking at it right now, and I'm like, man, this is really cool looking. Um, and theirs is just like what my Zoom window looks like. <laughs> yeah. It's just a phone and then a name of Anthony Pavlich right on the bottom. And it just like the presentation isn't, isn't really well, there. And yeah. I, and I guess I wonder if that is because, like you said, a lot of it's pre recorded. So it's relying on whoever's providing the, the, the panel to, to put in yeah. that effort. Yeah. So I think you're going to have a variety of, mm. uh, yeah, it's not going to be consistent. Um, Nash, Nash T by nature. No, Nash T by nature. T by nature. That's great. There, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any panels that stand out? Um, uh, yes. Um, like I said, like I'm super impressed by it. It feels like very much Comic Con panel programming. Um, so they have 
a lot of like the publisher panels um, that I want to see. Um, they have a lot of uh, just just like the creative panels that are on there. Um, then when it comes to like TV and movie stuff, I it's actually weird. Like there's nothing that like I don't I don't see myself going on and watching any of the TV series. They have a lot of TV panels. Um, the one that I would probably see would be um, Bill and Ted's Three. They have a panel for, and then they have a, a Constantine uh, 15th anniversary with Connor Reeves. Um, so um, I, I'll watch those. Um, those are my two big movie ones. But the other ones, I think, are just um, uh, just like the creative panels. Like there's Art of Adapting Comics by David Goyer. Um, so like those type of panels are what I'm excited for. I don't know if anybody uh, anybody have you guys really looked into schedule at all or I, seen anything? Honestly, I haven't. I'm surprised to even see The Walking Dead on here. That still surprises me. That's that that that's still a thing. It's still around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's like three. You have Fear the Walking Dead. You have Walking Dead, and then there's like this new like Walking Dead Worlds or something. There's like a new Walking Dead show, right? That is coming out. I don't even know anymore. I haven't been keeping up with The Walking Dead. I, again, I can't remember the last time I watched the the show. I can't remember what last happened. I just remember Negan being a big character at the time. But the fact that it's still here, I mean, I, I guess it's still a big show. Anybody in the chat what, still watch The Walking what Dead? What happened with that? Like, yeah, that is such a weird, weird thing to me. Like, it, it seemed to, to, you know, normally, like, shows like that have, like, this interesting longevity but for that show it just seemed like it just really nosedived after the last season or so oh i mean it's been it's been on like it's death well actually it's weird like it's not on a death now like i won't i don't want to say that it's like on its death because uh it just started off so like viewership got so crazy where it was a like first cable TV show to start beating like network television on radio. Yeah, but what happened? What like was it was it just like at what point did it, it feel boring. like it switched? I think it just got boring. I think yeah, I think they were stretching it out way too long, and it always it was always the same thing. It was just you know lather, rinse, repeat. One season it started strong, and then they just stretch it out, and then it ends strong. It starts strong, it ends strong, but everything in between is just so slow, and it's like, oh my god, it's so hard to deal with. And then I felt like they stretched out the whole Negan story to what? I think uh, I was into it for two seasons, and it wasn't going anywhere. I didn't feel like it was going anywhere. What's gonna happen? To, what's gonna happen to Negan? I mean, I like, like Negan storyline in the comic book is pretty long though. So. But still, like in the show, it just it, it didn't it, it didn't feel like it was moving, like it was progressing much. I'm sure in the in the comic book it felt. Yeah, I, I I actually I honestly can't speak on it. I think I stopped after like episode uh, season four, like the mm. when they're like I don't know if it was like season three. Whenever they're on the farm, that like destroyed me. Like that was such a boring. It was like season two or three. Um, but when I was going to the ratings though, like it's yes, it's dropped off significantly, but it's still like one of the top rated cable TV shows mm. because. Its viewership was so high, it was like network television. So when it drops down mm. to like 8 million people, 6 million people watching, that's what you're getting on like a high, like a uh, season premiere of like a normal cable show. Mm. Uh, so it's, yeah, I don't think that's why they're making more of them because if, if they can make, like if Fear the Walking Dead growing and this new, um, whatever, I forgot what it's called. There's a panel on it. You can look it up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what is, what is? It's, 
But if they can all get like six million, seven million views a week, like that's crazy successful for well, like. Eight. Was it? Did it? Because I didn't watch the show. I read the comic. Um, but did it? Did it? At one point, did they overlap in the sense, or it was like one behind or ahead of the other? Well, obviously the comic was ahead for a lot, long time. Yeah, I did think they ever get to the point where the the show caught up with the comic? I feel like it's catching up now. Uh-oh. If not, I mean, because the comic obviously ended, um, yeah. so it's definitely gonna catch up. But I think like they even in like, well, two years ago is when when did I leave? When did I worked for Skydown. So they introduced Princess, which is the new character. Like she was just introduced when I left Skybound. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and the they comic. think they last season, yeah, in the comic, I think this last season they introduced her, or maybe that was like a season before. Um, but I think they're on the verge of like catching up. Like maybe they're like 20 or 30 issues be- before it ends. Oh, I don't know. So wait, The Walking Dead, they haven't had their final season yet on the show? No, no, it's still going. Uh, yeah, they're doing a panel at, uh, I thought they, I thought you, they were, you were as shocked as we are, Anthony. Believe yeah, me. I thought they were, I thought they had wrapped up. Oh, okay. Oh, they yeah, have a panel? that's why like the fact that they have a panel at a Comic Con. Wow, it's insane. But uh, Chris, what would be the the panel? What is the biggest panel this year to to tune in for? I know you have the ones that you're looking forward to, but is there a panel that stands out as the panel to to tune in for? Ooh, I don't know. Now I'm like going through real quick and seeing if anything's like eye catching. Um. And when are usually the big panels on a regular year for Comic Con when there's no pandemic? It's usually Friday and Saturday, right? Yeah, it's Friday yeah. and Saturday. But it was actually weird because, um, like Thursday always had really big panels. Like every day, Sunday's the only like light day when I guess you could say mm-hmm. when it comes to panels during normal year, where like obviously like the big movie studios are no longer. Um, they they wrap up everything by Saturday, um, and it's just mostly television on Sunday. Um, but I've always liked Thursday. Like, I, I think Thursday through Friday were always big, uh, panel days. And I know when we were programming, like, we had some big, big panels on all those days. Um, if I was like, if I was a big, if I was like a studio or something, I would want to get my stuff out of the way on Thursday. Cause Thursday is like the most populated, like, popular day too. Like, when it comes to, just cause it's the first day of opening. Mm-hmm. Um, and from a pr- pr- panel standpoint, like people don't want to be on that show floor on that Thursday because it's so crowded. So you have like massive lines and stuff and all the panels because, uh, there's just so many bodies there. So, and these panels are um, free to watch, right? We don't have to pay yeah. anything to actually access them. No, yeah. It's all on their YouTube's channel. Um, I think it's like comic, ah, man, I should have this. This is where we should have this information. Well, the, the, the good thing is, uh, you can actually go to comic con, uh, comic or comic, uh, slash con.org, um, or just type in SDCC 2020 on Google, go to their programming and all their programming actually has a link. So if there's a program that you do want to see, there's a panel you do want to see, you just go ahead and hover over that. It gives you a link and it sends you straight there, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, because um, uh, yeah, they have a bunch of panels going on. Like, for example, Saturday at 11 a.m., 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. So, yeah, this is a, this is a regular Comic-Con schedule. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, I, I think it's definitely less panels than they normally do because I think in their, like, they have, like, 20 rooms running or 20-something-plus rooms running on a normal at the convention center. 
So you have like hundreds and hundreds of programs going on. Uh, but I think this is very much a, uh, yeah, I'm super excited about it. Um, and it's also on YouTube, so I don't feel obligated to be there at like 10 a.m. I could like watch it throughout the week or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, that's what I'm yeah, actually that, curious about. Like, what they're live, like, how they're gonna, are, are they gonna premiere it on YouTube so it's live and so the chat? Cause I think that that would add an element to it if there's a chat functionality and people are in there. Like, you have thousands of people watching something at the same time, chatting about it. Um, I think people, it's it's like Twitch chat, it's like YouTube chat. I, I think that adds to everything. Um, so yeah, I'll be curious to see how many people do live or like what what the num- viewership numbers are like a week out or something like that. So, and then also, are they going to take a hit because they're online so people can clip stuff and they can just put it on like news agencies can like clip uh, like a panel, like a movie panel and just put it up on their website? Like, are they going to lose viewership because, uh, like I, like IGN, people that go to IGN are just going to watch it on IGN and not watch it on the Comic Con. Gotcha. You know, like those watch parties, you mean? Yeah. <clears throat> um, not watch parties, but just in general, like when they just like clip it out, like for news segments. And this will happen at Comic Con. Oh, but the... they could actually show more of it because they, there's actually a recording out there. Get the so, clip uh, version of, of, of everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm actually curious on like, if people just read the cliff notes, yeah. Of see, that's that, that that's the thing too, because no matter what, this is cool, and I'm glad that they're doing it. I'm gonna probably tune in for some of them. I saw Invader Zim. There's an Invader Zim panel that I'm gonna more than likely check yeah. out. But a lot of people are not gonna be interested. I don't think a lot of people are gonna be interested. They're probably gonna obviously they're gonna pick and choose what they're gonna want to watch if they are if they are interested, but I think you're right. I think a lot of people are going to tune in for those news feeds and just get the cliff note version of what happened this year at Comic-Con. What was the big thing? What was the big story? What was the big reveal? That's probably what they're looking for. Maybe, but at the same time too, it's like, again, we're in a quarantine, so we're in a pandemic. So it, it could be where like a lot of people would be into it because they don't have anything else. And it's a different kind of content. Like everybody's like watched all their Netflix series that they've, They've had three months of watching stuff that they just can watch more content. Um, yeah. I, I, I do want to, I want to say, I actually, um, well, for Voldemort is my daddy. How are you supposed to cosplay? No one's stopping you from cosplaying. No, do it. Like on a regular day. You can just cosplay <laughs> every day if you want. I guarantee no you there's going to be a hashtag out there that you can use and you can post it up on uh, social media during that weekend. I'm sure people are going to be Yeah, like SDC 2020. I, I'm sure it's going to trend on Twitter. Absolutely. And people are going to be like... Because everybody that was planning on going is not going, so you have a hundred thousand people. That, <laughs> you should, you that should, you should start there. it. You should start it, Mark. Yeah, there we you go. Should, you should start the hashtag that that yes. will get everybody. Yes, follow me on Twitter, and I'll start the hashtag. <laughs> I'll no. probably forget about it. That's the problem. <laughs> I, I know we're I know we're focusing on programming, but they're also doing like uh, all the exclusive toys for Comic Con. You could get those all online now too, right? By understanding. Yeah. I, well. Yeah, I think like a lot of the companies, obviously, like this stuff goes in production like a year, mm-hmm. like six months before um, the event. So they have all these Comic Con exclusives that they're releasing as Comic Con exclusives, which is actually really cool. Um, so I think they just. Uh, but they don't have a link though on their main page, right? Well, they used to have like an exclusive link on there, but I don't know actually if it's still the. 
Yeah, because on their on their homepage, it doesn't look like they have anything for the exclusive merch. I feel like that's gonna have to be with the specific companies. I mean, like if you know Mattel's gonna be there and they have something exclusive, you probably go to their website, check it out. Yeah, and they'll probably tell you like, what they're doing. It's a bummer. It. You think you think they would do though, where they would kind of make it one area where at least you could still link to it, but at least you would have one list. Instead well, of having to like search every single. Yeah, I feel like they've done that in the past. I thought so too. Seeing, I'm just not seeing it on their website. Voldemort is my daddy. If you create a hashtag, let us know. We'll put it out there for you. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. I'll probably forget though. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> I, we, we we've split up the duties, so at least yeah. if only one social media will get forgotten, but we'll pick <laughs> up the slack on Insta. <laughs> Yes. Anyone messaging us on uh, Instagram, uh, we'll get back to you. Yeah, that's that's my bad. I don't check Instagram. And I'm the one that had access to Instagram. Um, I was gonna say the one thing that I actually think is could benefit um greatly from all the programming being online is uh, a lot of these spotlight panels um on these like comic creators that uh that aren't. Like they're like indie creators, or they're well known in the comic world, but they're not like the mainstream like uh, comic artists and comic writers. Because um, I just remember like going to Comic Con and going to these spotlight panels for like these these indie artists or indie writers, and there being like ten or fifteen people in the room. Now this person, this might be like the first convention that they've ever done in the U.S., but there's mm-hmm. only like fifteen people in there um, because of like everything else that's going on with Comic Con. But this is actually like a good benefit for it would be interesting to see how those panels do online because now more people have access to like view that. Like and it's around the world too. So if you weren't going to Comic Con, you can now yeah. do that panel because it's available. And you're like, Oh crap, I've never heard this person talk talk, but now I could actually watch that. That's a good point. I completely forgot about the global aspect of it. So people yeah. that have always wanted to come that can take yeah, full advantage of at least experience a large chunk of the program and they probably never could before. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's I complete that's a great point. I completely forgot about that. Um is it uh Batman is my man? Is it more about merch or content this year? Definitely content. It's like straight it's like it's Which for me is ironic because we've had this discussion before and I thought for me it would be more program driven but i've actually become more into like the merch <laughs> so so i'm definitely going to be missing that aspect of it i feel a lot more you're gonna miss fighting for those exclusives <laughs> it, i don't know i feel like we had a lot of fun last year because i had my very short small list and i was just that's i true. got pretty much all of it i think i only missed out on one item that's true i am gonna miss that like last year Anthony went down, and we went down. Uh, well, we met up with our friend Nate Anderson, um, and we stayed in a, a motorhome all weekend. <laughs> at my grand, in the in the back, oh, it's my grandma's house, but she has a motorhome, and so she so we didn't get hotels, but we stayed in a motorhome all weekend, and we literally, yeah, every morning go down there, every night we come back like at two or three, whatever a.m. in the morning. Yeah. Um, but it was like the funnest experience that I had at Comic Con. Yeah, me too. We we you had stuff on the show floor that you had to like set things that you wanted to plan. I had no programming that I wanted to get into outside of the Marvel panel. 
So we just kind of roamed, and we ended up doing, like, we got into, like, weird after parties that were on rooftops, and we, like, I forgot whose after party it was, but there was a singer that did, like, a special set there because she happened to be touring in San Diego. Oh, yeah. brought her over, and then she was doing a show at another bar, and we ended up just going to that show because it was just, like, a really cool show. had did a really good set. Yeah. Um, it was just, like, really fun because we just kind of explored and did a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, so you just went ahead and took the whole panel idea and just threw it away because you just gave us your experience from last year. Everything we're going to miss out on this year. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely, definitely going to be not going to be like Comic Con. <laughs> yeah, but it's definitely going to be content like programming this year as opposed to. Because I'm not seeing any. Maybe I'm completely missing. I'm not seeing anything with merch yet. I know or, there's a lot. Well, I don't know about. No, Comic-Con itself, but I know, like, Pops. Pops are still huge. I don't know why. I'm not a big fan of them, but <laughs> Pops are still huge. And I'm Dude, sure they're going to... Pops, man. I'm sure why are you gonna, hating? I'm I, just not a fan. I, I, I don't like, I don't like how they flooded every single comic book convention. They have flooded these conventions, and they all look the same. I'm sorry, but, you know, I miss my, I, my, my action figures. I, I miss my, you know, 32 sections of articulation I, I miss all of that stuff these pops don't move they don't do anything i i agree <laughs> um actually finn's funny like i got him a couple pops because i was like oh he'll probably like these and the fact that they don't move or they don't do anything <laughs> like he doesn't touch them i do and... have i do have a few pops uh there are a few pops like uh, the overwatch pops i did collect the overwatch pops mainly yep. because at the time when i started collecting them there were the only Overwatch action figures at the time. There were no other action figures for Overwatch. So I do have those. I do have some really rare ones that I got like at E3. Um, but I'm not really the one that's going out there looking for the exclusive pop. Like, oh, I thought they were going to be, I'll be honest, when they started, I thought they were going to be like uh, Beanie Babies. And they were going to be like this trend for like a year or two. Mm-hmm. And people were going to buy them for like, they, people buy like, there's like exclusives that go for a crazy amount of money. Um, and then they're just gonna fade away. But, uh, kind of like, um, like before Pops, did you guys know, like, Mighty Mugs? Remember when Mighty Mugs were a big thing? It was like from Hasbro. They were like the first edition of Pops. Does anybody, any in the, in the chat know, uh, Mighty Mugs? <laughs> Turns out I'm the villain now. I'm the villain yeah. now. Yeah. You're trying to heal today. Oh, how, oh, how effective. <laughs> Um, but yeah, well, so Mighty it, Mugs were, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, 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 yeah, Mighty Mugs. Oh, yeah, so they were, they were before Pops, but they can move, they were still, like, not as movable, but they were, like, the cute, like, like, rounded, uh, like, cute, like, superhero, they did all the Marvel, DC, all that stuff, literally the same, like, licenses that Pops, uh, that, that Funko has, um, but they, they were more movable, and, uh, what do you think was the secret then? What, what did Pops have that no one I, else I, had? I, I honestly don't know. Okay, I'm looking at them now. They they look like I, Dorbs. I collected... They look just like Dorbs. Yeah, they look like Dorbs. Yeah, but they were before Dorbs. I collected Mighty Mugs. Um, and then like unlike my mom who collected Beanie Babies and was like, oh, these are gonna be worth so much, and I kept telling her to sell them, and then she never sell them, and now she has a garage full of Costco sized detergent with just filled with be- Beanie Babies. Uh, Beanie Babies. Unlike her. I uh I sold my Mighty Mugs to someone in Hawaii, and I sold them for like a thousand bucks. What? Yeah, 
But I had like a grip of them. I had like a hundred of them or something like that. So. <laughs> yeah, what year is this? <laughs> oh, oh well, the reason I bring up, like, getting distracted. Oh, I don't have it up here. The reason I bring up Mighty Mugs is because, um, Finn, I used to have a, a exclusive from San Diego and it was a Spider-Man one where the mask came off. It was like a cloth mask and it's been sitting up on my shelf for years. And then like four months ago, Finn's like, Oh, um, that's cool. Can I have that? Can I play with that? And I'm like, no, it's an exclusive. I don't want to like, Oh, but then he kept like, why, why, why can't I play with it? And so then I was like, Oh, cool. Fine. You know what? You can play with it. I'm never going to sell it. I'm not going to do anything. I gave it to him. He literally played with it for like, I opened it. It's like an exclusive. I probably sell it for like 50 bucks online or something. <laughs> play with it like maybe 10 minutes and it's never touched it since. So that might be why Mighty Mugs disappeared. But I don't these, know why. These Mighty Mugs look weird. They like they, oh, they're they, cool. the the whole helmet thing just looks strange. Yeah. Big but, hazard. But when when at our age do we care about articulation? Because it's all sitting on a shelf for display. I care. I do care because I do but open. You're not play with I it. do open up my action figures and I do uh, pose them and I display them. So I personally do care. Okay. Sometimes, you know, depending on the, the action figure, let's say it is a Comic-Con exclusive, if I happen to come up on two of those, one will stay sealed and the other one will come out and it will get posed. So pops are, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, it, it has blown up the secondary market. It's created this, It yeah, it, it's gone a little bit overboard. Oh, it's crazy. Like, I mean, they have, like, Golden Girl Pops. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Oh, yeah, like, all aspects of... It's going to be in the next uh, Ready Player 2 book. I, and then I you have it. some Pops. Oh! Oh! <laughs> oh, dropping the Segway and the... No, 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 we're not, we're not going yeah, there yet. We're not ready for that one yet. <laughs> oh, we're not ready for that one? I mean, oh, they're, okay. they're not ready for that much. But that would have uh, been good. We yeah. Well, should we oh. go right into it? No, no, so we chatted about, uh, about Comic Con long enough. But actually, the funny, the, the interesting thing is the next thing on the headline is that we actually tied in Comic Con is uh, the the talk of Tron three again. Oh, um, I'm super excited about it. Wait, um, you said it's actually happening. Well, I did say it's actually happening. <laughs> I don't know not. if it's actually happening. But no, I, you are. You said it was. It's happening. It's happening. It is, it's gonna happen. I, I think it is gonna happen. I think now is the time. Um, we're in a digital age. Everything's digital. Everybody's COVID. It's just fitting that, uh, Tron, uh, Tron 3 comes out right now. So, so um, what? Uh, okay, you say it comes out right now. Uh, oh, like, I don't, not right now, but it's just, uh, it's a perfect time for the, the sequel or the threequel or whatever you want to call it. But we're, we're still in a situation where, you know, some movies have gone back to production, but... Oh, I don't think it's going to be, like, happening, like, this year, but I'm, I'm sure, like, I just think it's going to happen, um, and I really want it to happen, so I'm just willing it to happen, so... Well, let's... let's do we think it's still going to be some of the same people associated with it or like, would you want Joe Kaczynski to, to direct it? Yeah. Or would you want, okay. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd want the same people. Cause, um, I, the reason I tied it to Comic-Con is because obviously it debuted at Comic-Con. Um, and it was like the biggest thing in the world when it, well, did. And this is what we were talking about. It was still considered a, not a success in Disney's eyes, even though it did 
like four hundred million dollars worldwide. Yeah, but because it was like a blockbuster, and I I think that like I think Comic Con um like kind of inflated the ego, I, I guess, or like it just became so like the hype around it became so massive that it would never live up to the hype. And so a $400 million, like a movie that makes $400 million is a success. But when you're planning on that movie making 800 or a billion dollars, that's what I think. Like Disney was banking on it to start like an entire like thing. Well, it's sad now that now a tentpole movie is not considered success unless it hits, creeps up on that billion dollar mark. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, that's not true because I, I feel like Deadpool was considered a success, and that was nowhere near the billion dollar mark. No, Deadpool was like. Oh yeah, chat's chat's on fire today, guys. Yeah, see, yeah, Flynn live. Hang uh, on, Golden Hang on, Golden Girls. <laughs> yeah, Chris is hating on the Golden Girls. Yeah, yeah man, that show is talk about a good, good show. No, I, I love the Golden Girls. We still watch the Golden Girls. Tasha watches it. Like, I come out in the morning, and it's on. I, I love it. I just think that, like, I don't necessarily know. You know what? I guess there are people that want Golden Girl Pops, and it's not kids. Like, you're literally buying that to put that on the shelf. You're not buying Golden Girl Pops to play. That'd be really oh, weird. Yeah. Were... <laughs> <laughs> but... Back to Tron. So Deadpool worldwide, it did seven hundred and eighty-two million dollars. Okay, so that's closer. So that's that's yeah. Did it really do that much? Yeah, and it's but see, yeah, its budget was only fifty-eight million. Yeah, so it was like so it was ridiculously. (laughs) I gotta I gotta hear this answer. Oh. <laughs> that's for someone else to decide, not for me. You never choose what golden like. That's like choosing your own nickname or something like that. Oh, that's a good point. That's a bad yeah, point. Like someone has, has to like give me the nickname. Enforcer Stevie B, we're gonna have to ask you based on what you've seen from Chris Jensen. Yeah, who you think well, he we... is. Yeah. Well, go anyway, back Um. We're going to continue talking Tron 3 because I was super uh, happy. And you have a Tron poster behind you, so you should be happy, too, about this. Oh, no. I'm, like, stoked. I I, I was very Bla- fortunate. No way. I'm not Blanche. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally what I was going to say. Really? Totally Blanche. Oh. Okay. Um, lost my train of thought. <laughs> Tron 3. Tron 3. Tron 3. Um, oh, because the thing, interesting thing about like Tron Legacy is I was super hyped for it. Then I saw it in the movie theater like opening day and I did not like it. I walked out of the, I walked out of the movie like very like disappointed in it. Did you just and say theater? I do. I say that all the time. <laughs> Drive Tasha crazy. Okay. I'm sorry. Why did, why did you like it when you first saw so, it? Well, there's thing I, I love the soundtrack because I love I, I think it's hands down like it should have been not they should have won a phenomenal soundtrack. Um, I know it lost the uh, uh, the Oscars or best like score, but it should have won. I don't even think it was actually um, nominated for best score, but um, but it just felt really slow paced to me, and I was like thinking, um, 
I I was just thinking like I wanted a more fast-paced and more like action, and there's a lot of action in it. Um, but yeah, I can't recall like exactly why I didn't like it. I just remember thinking that like, it was like slower pace, and um, and I just didn't didn't it didn't live up to what I thought it was gonna be. But then when I watched it, I watched it again when it came out on DVD, and I just fell in love with it the second time I watched it. And it's, I love the movie now. It's, it's one that I watch like on a regular basis. I can put it in the background, mostly because the score is so cool, um, and just hearing in the background. But it's just, I, I just like the movie. I, I think it's, I don't, I don't know what, what passed me with thinking you didn't like the movie. You're, you're not alone because when I first watched the movie, I, I remember dozing off. I did doze off. I don't know how long I dozed wow. off. Uh, but yeah, I was, um, it felt a little slow to me too, um, but I watched it a second time. I enjoyed it. It wasn't until the third time where I really, really enjoyed the movie. Um, it's a movie that I can definitely watch now. Um, yep. Definitely one that I could watch once a year. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. And I may not be as excited as you guys are about Tron 3, but it's a movie that I would definitely watch. Well, I can I tell you this much. It, it wasn't as slow as the first Tron. And I enjoyed the first Tron, but yeah. First Tron was ahead of its time, man. <laughs> Blasphemy. Blasphemy. Yes, Voldemort. I do remember Electronica because I, I was yeah. very fortunate yes. at the time. I was working at Disney, and he when was I was working there. off that he quit. Yeah. <laughs> they took us, our group, to a screen of Tron um, before it was released, and we got to see it in 3D. And what was really cool about this Tron was that it was shot in 3D. It wasn't that stupid ass conversion in 3D. Oh. Like he 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 used the camera system that James Cameron used um, for Avatar, and it I just it was just mind blowing because it it didn't it was it was just one of those things where we talked about it. It was an experience, like being in that room with everybody and watching those visuals and just being blown away by it. And especially too, when he gets dropped in the grid, you really, all the 3D got really accentuated. And it was one of those things where it's like, holy crap, this is the way you're supposed to watch a 3D movie. And it was just mind blowing. And I was a huge fan or have been a huge fan of, of, of Daft Punk and their collaboration. I cannot tell you how many, I could probably look it up on, on iTunes and see how many times I've listened over and over to oh. the soundtrack and then the remix soundtrack that he came up with yeah unbelievable same i literally every and this is not a joke so finn when i i read them as before bed i read him the same two lego books every single night because he's obsessed with legos and then i always try to put alexa because he likes going to sleep with music and the first thing I always turn it on when I first go in there, I turn on the Tron soundtrack because one day he's going to like sit through the entire thing. So he gets through maybe like a song and a half before he's like, daddy, what are we listening to? Play Star Wars. And then I have to turn it over to Star Wars music. But every single night I play the Tron soundtrack because right. I want him to love it so much. I want him to, I just want him to love it so much. That's a, that's one soundtrack that I can tell you me personally, I've listened to. Uh, numerous times, but I'll never forget the time when I still worked at Video Games Live, and I was working with Tommy, Tommy Tallarico, huge Tron fan. He's a huge mm. Tron fan. I mean, he's got some awesome collectibles. He even has the full-on arcade 
at his house. Um, nice. I remember working really long nights. I was at his place, and he just had it on repeat over and over. This was before <laughs> the movie came out. So the soundtrack good, wasn't even out uh, yet. Really it, it was just uh, he had like a demo of the soundtrack, and he just played it over and over. Like it was just on repeat over and over and over again, and it just got stuck in my head. And yeah, the soundtrack is so good. That's my favorite. Pr- I don't know if you're going to hate this, but that's my favorite part of the movie is that soundtrack. That's what makes the mm. movie for me. It makes it so much more enjoyable because that music, it just, the music, just like in video games, it's such a big part of the story. It's such a big part of the game. It's such a big part of the movie. It brings you in. Yeah. So yeah, that soundtrack. Is oh amazing. yeah, totally. Well, and it's crazy too, because they had never done a score before. 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 It's just unbelievable what, what they're able to pull off. So, if a Tron 3 happens, when it happens, <laughs> they have to bring. They have to, like, just throw money at Daft Punk through the score. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Like, that should be, like, $20 million of their budget is going to <laughs> Daft Punk to make a new score for Tron. That should be it. Like, they would make that much alone on just, like, music sales. Like, yeah, because I'm sure their soundtrack made, like, a ton of, uh, Sure. What, if, what is it? What is it about the second and third screenings that you saw? That what was it about that drew you to it now as opposed to the first time? Because if it's still it's still kind of quote unquote slow. I, what is it about I, that you enjoy now more than you did before? I was trying to think about this because I knew someone was going to ask me this question. <laughs> I was like, you know, what? I'm tired of not having responses to stuff because oh, it's just a feeling. But it was just a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. I I, I, I don't know what, like, Man, maybe, like, the music, like, hearing the music more, and, the like, maybe it was, like, whatever place in my life, like, where I was when it came out, and I was watching hey, hey, it the big on that time, like, from my house, like, about. maybe it was just, Kevin like, Blaine, something just changed in me. Because the movie itself didn't change. It's not like, I'm like, oh, the story got better, or the pacing got better. It's still, like, still a slow pace. I, I still think the pacing is, like, slow. Um, not, it's not a bad thing to go now to me. Um, and I could be completely wrong. It could be, um... But yeah, I just now it's just on my like top, on my top movies. Yeah. So obviously they're they're thinking it's more of a possibility now because you now you have now Disney Plus. Yeah. So you could essentially create an original, a la Netflix, and just push it to Disney Plus now. And kind of mitigate your quote-unquote expectations for being having to produce a, a, a level of box office. Yeah, and it's like, you don't have to like, put the, you don't have to release like Netflix like, the, oh, it's the biggest movie of the week or something like that. But no one knows exactly how many times like, people viewed that. Yeah. So I think it's a good platform. Actually, I'm curious, like, with Hamilton just releasing um, like if you're gonna start like we've always discussed like when do, at one point a movie like big budget movies go to straight to a streaming platform, especially in this world where like California just closed down again and we're not gonna be going to movie theaters for like at least another year for me like at least another year yeah <laughs> like like at what point does Tenet was Christopher Nolan say like hell like I either release this movie online now or I wait like a year and a half to release it and then it's just not 
going to have the same impact a year from now. Um, so I, so I'm like thinking like, like Hamilton, like they got a crap ton of downloads. Uh, like I, I don't remember the numbers, but it was like huge viewership for Hamilton yeah. going on Disney Plus. So you could do like take a big, like a more temple type movie and you could do like a Tron three and you can move it, go straight to Disney Plus. And like you said, like it doesn't have to necessarily be the hype that, that you would like, because people aren't going to have that instant, like, oh, this bombed in the theater, like, oh, opening weekend didn't open up to $200 million. I'm not going to go see yeah. the movie. It's not living up to the hype. Because you, 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 you won't have that into instant. Hamilton, though. I mean, Hamilton was, it's a musical that it was ridiculously expensive to get into, <laughs> and it was extremely hard to get into. So now you have it on Disney Plus. Everyone's going to want to know what's this all about. You know, why is it so expensive and why can't people get into this? I want to know what this is all about. They're going to tune in where, you know, you have a Tron. Well, you know, the bad guys this time. No, no, yes. no it's just give it, you're, you're comparing they, it to, how to is that? How is that different? I, I'm comparing it different because it's a, it has a huge fan base and there's a lot of hype around it and they released it on. Um, and you're right. People haven't seen it, or a lot of people haven't seen it. But no one's seen Tron Three, like, and there's or whatever movie, like, no one's seen Tenet. No one's seen the hype. Um, well, I'm just saying, like, it would be much easier to get into Tron Three than it would be to get into Hamilton if it hadn't released on Disney Plus. I don't know what your point is. Though. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what, what? Be- before Disney Plus, did they ever have uh, any? I released it on Quibi. Yeah. Yeah, I released it on Quibi. <laughs> Did anybody get did anybody get Quibi in the chat? Did anybody no. download it and get like the three? I got it. You got I, it? I did too. Yeah. I downloaded it when it came out. I was on the wait list because I was super interested, like curious about it. I thought it was gonna fail miserably because it's just, it well, I just feel bad. It came out at the wrong time. But I, I'm also not a believer that I don't want to watch seven minute stories, like in depth storytelling in like seven minute chunks. I just don't want to do that. Um but did anybody else? Nope. Oh, see, you you well, you're blasting Quibi, but you didn't even <laughs> you didn't even like download it. Like, I at least downloaded it. Probably what the hell ha, 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 came from. Um, yeah. I, I did it. I did the three months too because uh, it was an app that was on my Samsung. Okay. So I was like, oh, let me check this out. It's three months for free. You know, I was just downloading whatever I could on the on the smart TV and. Eh. <laughs> I mean, it had no really good yeah. content, and there's weird content. Like, like there's some weird stuff. Do yourself a favor and go check out some of the weird stuff that they put money. Yeah, like TikTok they threw a lot of money. Like there was like this woman that had like a gold arm, and I forgot who plays. It's like a uh, well-known actress, and it's like she's obsessed with her gold arm. Like, just, <laughs> uh, I, I, I would have known that we were going to talk Quibi. I would have had you download the trailer so you can watch the trailer. Um, but they threw a lot of money at it, but I just also read that, like, I think after the free trial period, (laughs) they lost like 90%. So so Tron 3 is like a fast food burger you can get anywhere, but Hamilton is like that juicy steak you can only get at that one restaurant. I, I don't know. I don't know if... Wait, so are we, are we saying that Tron 3 would not do well on Disney Plus? No, 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 I don't do, I don't do well. I just he was think, saying that he was like arguing about me comparing it to Hamilton. Like I'm comparing like they're apples and oranges. Yes, pretty much. But I don't agree with that. Uh-huh. I, I don't think they are apples and oranges. 
I, I think they're they're all apples. <laughs> or all you, because you think you think Tron has enough of a built-in audience. No, I, I, it wasn't in this. Area. Again, so again, it, it comes Toronto. down. It comes down to the exclusivity parts. Hamilton was a musical that people could. It, it was incredible if you got tickets for it. People were selling tickets online for a ridiculous amount. That's how hard it was to get to this. So by the time it came out to Disney Plus, everyone that didn't get tickets, or even people that heard about how difficult it was to get in and had no interest, now has an interest to watch this on Disney Plus. Where Tron Three. If it didn't release in theaters because of a pandemic, it's releasing on Disney Plus. But let's assume the pandemic was not in the equation. It'd be easier to go watch Tron Three at a theater than to go watch Hamilton. That's all I'm saying. It's but I don't see how that changes people going to Disney Plus to watch Tron Three. Like if that's the only platform that your a movie's being released on, how I don't understand. Like, I get that Hamilton's exclusive and you, you have to, like, buy tickets. You have to go to New York or whatever city when the touring thing. I bought tickets. Like, sadly, that was, like, Tasha's Christmas gift was tickets to Hamilton out here. And oh. it was so excited. And then That's it canceled. So that. Tasha really got nothing for Christmas. Aw. <laughs> Except I didn't sing that? a song. I, I sang a, a, a Hamilton song. Wait, what? <laughs> you sang a Hamilton song? I did. I got, like, a... a Top hat, white wigs, <laughs> and, uh, and then I say, "Why don't we have? Why don't we? Why don't we run in the trailer on this?" Yeah, I presented, I presented the gift to her because it was just like a piece of paper, like paper. Oh. Ticket, How right? long was the song? Um, I did that. Uh, not gonna get my uh, that. I'm not gonna give up my shot. I can't remember what the song called. Anybody? Yeah, it's the shot. Song, I still haven't right? seen it. I still haven't watched it. Oh, it's good. Actually, I so we watched it on our date night on Saturday, um, for the first time, and it was and really did good. Did you tear up the tickets after that? You're like, here we are. No, I kept them <laughs> because, um, for memory's sake, just like, oh, Aww. remember that time we were supposed to go to <laughs> Hamilton and see it in person, and then COVID happened, and then you lost your Christmas gift, and we couldn't go anywhere for six months. So, do so. you owe her a new Christmas gift, or was that singing? I was singing. Um, it's too late. You can't. He was like, if you back. stop singing, six months later, Christmas gift. Um, anyway, I don't remember what I was arguing with, but Caesar's wrong. So okay. Was, well, I don't know how we've had a Tron conversation and we've not talked about Tron Uprising. Oh, oh, that's right. That's a good how one. come that show was phenomenal? Yep. And it got canceled after season because didn't even finish the season. Well, but also, too, like, Disney XD was doing a bad job of not being consistent on when they were releasing episodes. And also, Disney XD at the time wasn't, like, a very popular channel. Yeah, so of course nobody could see it. Yeah. Of course nobody could watch it, because they could never tell, like, oh, it was supposed to be on today at this time. Nope. It got moved, or they, um, we're we're on a hiatus. I hate those mid-season hiatuses. Yeah. I actually started watching, uh, I tried to get Finn to watch Tron Uprising after the news of Tron 3. I, that was the first thing I went on Disney Plus, is to find mm. Tron Uprising, and got tried to get Finn to watch it, but he's just anti-Tron right now. Really? Yeah, he was he was anti-Star Wars too, and now he's obsessed with it, but, um, mm. but so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for one day. Um, yeah, I really like that show a lot. I'm going to yeah. rewatch it again. But at the end of the day, like, I'm excited about Tron. Three. So, 
Um, but the one thing I'm not excited about is our next topic. Speaking, um, of se- speaking of sequels. Speaking of sequels that don't need sequels. I completely agree, by the way. Um, I am not they like the Ready Player Two announcement coming out. The new book coming out. I think it's like in September or August. I don't care. November. 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 Yeah, I, got it, I got it. I got it. Pre- ready and pre-ordered. You got, you got pre-ordered. Um, ready Player Two. Book. <laughs> yeah, there's a stupid title. <laughs> <laughs> So what do you guys? So what do you guys? You guys love that? You guys? Did you guys like the first one? I love the book. I love the book. I oh, absolutely love the book. Enjoyed the shit out of it. So excuse my French, but yes. Uh, am I excited for Ready Player Two? Not really. I don't think it needs a sequel. I don't know if it's going to be a standalone story or if it is going to be a sequel. Um, I'm not too excited, but I'll more than likely read it. Uh, what? Oh, God. You know, I, I think there's, like, two camps. There's two camps for Ready Player One. There is the people like you, Caesar, that are wrong and like it. And then there's, like, there's an equal, like, more vocal majority. And I, I think I'm part of the vocal majority that just despise the first book. Like, what was it about the first book that you enjoyed? Uh, you know, I, I guarantee you everything that you liked about the first book. Do I hate it? it? I hated the first book. It was a good story. It was a really good story. Uh, yeah. There was no story. What are you talking about? What do you mean no story? Run of the mill, like, there's no character development. There was no, like, go, go on. There's no character development. He was broke. And now he owns the whole game. That's development for me. (laughs) (laughs) Man, man yells at Cloud. Enforcer Steve, he's he's uh he's a Ready Player One liker. That's why, like, it's it's player two is going to have multiplayer. It's going to support cross play as well. Look, what what is this? What is this show all about? It's in the title, Rediscover Geek. What do we do? We rediscover ourselves. We're going back, you know. It is is very nostalgic. (laughs) Yeah, that's what the book is all about. (laughs) Okay, it touches on all the no, no. The book is not about, but you, 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 you're getting tricked because you think the book, like, literally, the book is just he just throws nostalgia at you because he's hoping that you like the stuff that he liked, and. So he just rep- he doesn't. Oh, I was trying to think how I was going to explain this. It's like just regurgitating nostalgia, like game, like geek facts. Yeah, it was wants- it's not like an explanation. He's like, like it's like, oh, like my my oh the uh, the De- DeLorean, like oh my car's a DeLorean. I have like just throwing out random nostalgia stuff, like that's attached to his car. And no, no real like discussion on why. There's no real depth. He just uses nostalgia to try to like trick your brain into thinking like, oh yeah, I, I know what a flux capacitor is. I love that movie. Or I don't know what DeLorean is. I love that movie. I know like what all these other 80s references and 80s nostalgia is. But there's no depth to it outside of him just throwing it out there to like as as his like description of something. And so you have to know the stuff in order to appreciate it. But if you don't know it, 
then you can't appreciate it. What do you mean what to know? What to know is simply that we, that was all the stuff that we thought was cool. And I think that's really like, that's what I liked about it is that just like, it wasn't so much as I felt like it was being thrown out for the sake of it being thrown out. It just was like, yeah, I remember that shit being cool and now it's cool. And it's being accepted as cool. And he wasn't just throwing it just to be, what did you say uh, a few days ago? Nostalgia salad? Uh, which yeah, is a great name, porn. which is a great name for a band, by the way, Nostalgia Salad. But he wasn't just throwing it just to throw it in. It had, it, it all had a purpose. It all had a purpose. No, it didn't. Yes, what it was did. the purpose? Like, I, I, it's actually crazy. Like, I, I don't even remember. I read the book the first time. Um, and then, like, I was trying to go back and, like, trying to recall. And I was even thinking about, like, rereading it again. Because, Anthony, I think you gave it to me at the yeah. birthday year. No, um, I think I let you borrow it, and you never returned never it. Returned it. <laughs> That's because he, he threw it away. It ended up in the garbage. That's well, why he never gave it back. On my, it's on my bookshelf right there. I don't know why it's on my bookshelf. <laughs> Maybe it's because I've always known that it's your book, and I, I feel like I have to give it back Oh, to you. that's a good bring-up by Enforcer Stevie B. Hey, Jansen, do you like Stranger Things? Talk about nostalgia um, salad. Yeah, but Stranger <laughs> Things uses nostalgia. Like, so when Stranger Things goes into, like, Dungeons and Dragons, they're playing Dungeons and Dragons. They're like... When he, when he come when he gets the, okay. Big difference. If you haven't, if you haven't read the book, but you've seen the movie, you're gonna, you're gonna get a big difference right now. The, the way he got that quarter, that special quarter that gave him that life, and the book, he plays a full game of Pac-Man, a perfect game of Pac-Man. Completed a perfect game of Pac-Man. Yeah, he played the he, game. All he talks about is he just completed a perfect game of Pac-Man, and it's like, oh, no. and then you're he, supposed he, to know. He tells you, he gives you step by step what he's doing with the game. I still and, don't even remember. And, and the best part about it is, <laughs> the best part about it is, he played the game of Pac-Man thinking that this is where the next key was, and then at the yeah. end of it, he was disappointed because it wasn't the key. A, it wasn't a quarter that was stuck on the arcade. Fell off, fell off, and he just picked it up. It's a sheet, man. No, it was so good. <laughs> Wait a minute. See, this is the ironic part about this because when I was I was re-reviewing um, the reviews because the movie got at blasted, which I don't understand. And I I actually I, like the movie more because I could visually see like, oh hey, look, it's Iron Giant. Oh hey, look, there's an Overwatch character in there. But how is that different than what you just exactly. said about exactly about <laughs> they were just throwing they just threw the Iron Giant in? in yes. with, I don't agree with it, but I'm just saying I visually. But you just say you liked it more. <laughs> no, and so it's I'm because saying, you couldn't like, oh, visually. Cool. Like, it, it, you couldn't visually see what he was referencing. No, I could, but it was just like a reference. Like he just threw like references for everything. It's like he he took everything he liked as a child and was like, I'm just gonna write a book about everything I liked, and I'm only gonna make it for people that like that book, like like those things. And if you don't like those things, you don't care. Um, and what? He this threw... is what's okay. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And so I I also think from a story standpoint, you're like, what is it like 2044 or something? I yeah. do have a mind die. That's mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, why would why why would uh why why would everybody be obsessed with eighties stuff in twenty forty four? Because eighties was freaking awesome. It was. I think we lost the fact. No, we, everybody thought it was shit. Because you, but you're an eighteen year old kid in twenty forty four. Why would he be obsessed with eighties references? Yeah, your silence is big. 
like look at kids now like you can't get a kid like he doesn't they don't know what nintendo like i've never there's like people that play video games for a living and never played a nintendo like why would an 18 year old in 2044 be like obsessed with stuff from the 80s why wouldn't it be like more recent stuff why wouldn't it be like games like i don't know i was trying to think of what are some like newer games that came out around that well, time? Well, he, he he they they covered that in the book. They covered it in the story. Because the guy, because he was obsessed with the guy that created it, who's obsessed with the eighties, right? Yeah, I'm mm. trying to remember. Yeah, I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't just don't get it. And he grew up, you know, and no. he, he was a he was a poor well, kid, and you know, a well, lot of this stuff. Oh, go ahead. Well, what's interesting is a lot of these reviews talk about this. They feel like it's that same thing where they feel like it's almost like this, which is ironic, because like geek elitist, like you were saying, like he's throwing these references out. And if you weren't a child of the 80s, you're not going to get it or it's going to go over your head or not make any sense. So then you're not, quote unquote, cool enough, which is ironic because the whole geek thing is that you're never cool enough. And I think this probably resonated with me a lot because, yeah, I am a child of the 80s. And I think it was more like I got to see all the stuff that I thought was cool in my childhood brought to life. Who is this? Or, or be represented as it's cool. But I, I, just, I guess I never felt the angle of it being like elitist where it's like it was talking down to you if you need to know these references. It's just like with anything, like anybody who's really into something, they probably know about it a lot more than anybody else does. So does that automatically make them an elitist? Welcome to the rebellion, Ultimately, you got to keep in mind, you're you're in a video game, okay? What's the coolest part about video games, especially MMOs? You know, this is the ultimate MMO, okay? The coolest thing yeah. about these games is getting those really hard to get weapons, all right? The, the, the shiny armor, you know, going out and raiding for these specific, the, the specific loot that you need. That's what this, this all is in the game. The DeLorean is that shiny piece of loot that's so hard to get, but when you get it, it's fucking cool. The Iron Giant, the same I, thing. I, 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 I get what you're saying. I just don't agree with you <laughs> in the way they used it in the book. I just don't. I, I just, I, I literally think he just... Because you think it was too superficial or superficial. Yeah, it was, yeah, I think it was just superficial. I think he was referencing, like, it wasn't good writing to begin with. It's not like he's a good, he's like a fantastic writer. And I, I'm not expecting it to be like... um like a great book, but I think everything was just superficial. Like he was just laying on the eighties references just to get people like you and me and you guys and everybody online that is arguing and <laughs> saying how great they love ready player one to like the movie because they liked, I like the DeLorean. I love back to the future or I like the Like everything that he's referencing, I grew up with and I loved. So I therefore like, like this movie and that was it it was just a top layer there's nothing to me it's very superficial the way he um the way he wrote like used it and wrote it that's what's interesting i'm not saying that I I, like... i'm not saying that he's a he's a diehard fan he clearly loves the 80s Rob, what is it robert klein um but uh ernest klein ernest klein yeah um but i i think it was just superficial so. that was a better see that was a better word so glad you said that because i wouldn't have used that word Man, it's so it's so 
ironic to me, I guess. Because I think, on the one hand, that's what I think, yeah, I, I understand that point in the sense that it might have not, and while a lot of the reviews, too, were saying it didn't have the substance, but I think, I don't think it was necessarily bad because of that. I think it was, I think he wasn't trying to make, <laughs> I don't think he was out to make the, the next, you know, great American novel. Oh, no, no, I, I don't think that. It was, I think I read it best, like in a review, because I went back through and I was like, um, just kind of trying to do research on the book, because I honestly read it so long ago, I just don't remember, you know how I am. Like, I just lose stuff. I just remember my visual hate, a hatred for it. Um, but, uh, and I think I read it best. It was like the, the, the geek guy's Twilight is essentially <laughs> like there was nothing that I read it. It was like, it's the equivalent of Twilight, but for men that love geek culture. So yeah. it only catered to like it, at a specific audience it was catering to and it was very superficial and so he just called it superficial. Okay. I get it. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> no, I mean, I totally understand that point because I think that's why, like, it makes sense to me because I really, I just dug it because it, it had just, it, I, I guess that's the thing too. I wasn't expecting it to be substantive in, in, in the sense of it had like this great deeper meaning behind it. I think I was just really looking forward to it having that just, cool stuff that I really, really liked. Actually, I should get a healed yes. See, I don't, know if I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. Uh, CIS for Christina. Uh, I have zero knowledge of the 80s, um, but I still it, it still spoke to me as a gamer. Somebody that probably didn't get most of the references in that book, and it still appealed to her. Well, she's wrong. <laughs> I like it. I can't wait to read Jansen's new book, Chris Jansen, A Diary of a Superficial Gamer. <laughs> so, we're talking about Ready Player One, but he came up with a second book that bombed and essentially tried to do the same thing that he did with the first book called Armada. I didn't even yes. read it because it was the first book. And it got ripped, the new one. So, I just think the second book is Ready Player Two. So, that's three crappy, like two crappy books already. He's just going to bang out a third crappy book and he's going to call it a day. It's just going to be a bunch more nostalgia references. It's going to maybe up it. It's going to be like ni- a lot more 90s and maybe some 2000 references in there for you, for you cool kids that love the 2000s. Man, you but, are such a hater right now. Yeah. I just find it fascinating because, like I said, I watched the movie for the first time yesterday, last night <laughs> and I was turned off by it because every, I heard so many bad things about it. And I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. I understand. I understand the criticisms about it. Because, Wait, we're yeah, talking about the movie. The movie. Okay. And I know you didn't like it, Caesar. I, I, I hated it. I'm sorry, but I hated it. I I haven't watched it again. I've only watched it that well, one why? time. Why? It's all the nostalgia porn you could ask. <laughs> no, it's not. It, it, okay, it's again the story. They completely changed the whole story. They changed the they they changed the games. They changed the love story. They even changed his story. They changed the love story because the love story is like atrocious in the book. I I liked it. I thought it was a good. Oh that's 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 basically your 
Gamer love story right there. You meet online and you hope to see each other one of these days. And, oh, you know, and that, that was the best part of their love story is in the book, they don't meet each other until the very end of the book. Okay. I thought that was great. I thought that was a good way for them to meet. In the movie, you're like 20 minutes in, they meet each other. Like, but that come on, it, it it would not have worked as a movie. No, it had I agree. To change it. I, I, there was no way it would work as a movie if it was like the way the book was written out. I actually was pretty. I I thought the way they did the coin was a was a lot more interesting. Not interesting, but oh, I please. thought it was a really good way of doing it for the film. I didn't like it. It was just too easy to receive that coin in the movie. It wasn't but easy. It was too easy. He was just the the robot butler was wrong. Oh, you're right. Here you go. Take what this really that? rare coin. I don't know. Maybe see after I I don't know. I don't want to go back and read the book because I just remember like maybe I'm thinking the book like the movie, but isn't the book like he plays the perfect game not of very Pac-Man. challenging? Like, like you 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 play a perfect game of Pac Man. I'm not saying like I I could play a perfect game of Pac-Man, but it's like I see that's what I'm I, I can't I'm getting like confused between the two. But well, no, the challenges are different. The challenges are different yeah. in, the, in the book. For All sure. the challenges are except for the yeah. last one. The last challenge is the same, but everything else changed. Yeah, yeah, but the way they set it up in the movie is a lot different yeah. in terms of how he gets there and what he does. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's not it's not like necessarily that the battle's not set up that way. It's set up. You know, differently. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll agree to disagree on this one. What I'm really fascinated about is this concept of it being superficial, because the argument has been made for generations that that's what geekdom is. It's superficial. It's like people will, will get on us for saying, like, why do you like why do you like pops? They just sit there, just plastic little dolls that just sit there they don't provide anything they can't move them why do you like them but people are into them we have our own little geekdoms and like you could say the same thing about everything it's superficial like why do you like anime why do you like comics comics are just like Aren't those, those, aren't those aren't these what they I get, put I get, in the funny uh, papers? You're going a little far. I understand pops being superficial because you're <laughs> literally like people collect pops because they're like, oh, it's cute and it's my favorite '80s nostalgia, so I'm gonna buy that pop. I don't, but I, I don't think like comic books and like anime you can consider that superficial. Yeah, no, it is. It, it was for the longest time. That's why this whole Renaissance, geek Renaissance. Oh, I, I don't yeah, know. there you go. Just wants to watch Kindred the Embrace for the fantastic writing. <laughs> I'm telling Way you. to go, Batman. <laughs> that was a very, oh <laughs> I got owned. I got owned by Yeah, Batman. you got pwned, man. Oh, uh, my God. He I never came in OP. I never Damn. said Kindred was good <laughs> by any means. I warned you guys ahead of time Kindred was bad. Oh my god. Yeah. Um but, but but I think that's the whole thing. I'd rather like, watch Kindred than read Ready Player One again. So there well, you but, go. but I think it's just again, it's like I'm very fascinated because I really want to understand because we can the whole thing was like geekdom is there was this huge renaissance. It's okay to be geek now, it's okay to be a nerd. Yeah. Because now but before it was all of that stuff was 
you were shunned because you liked the DeLorean <laughs> or comic books or action figures or you wanted to play Nintendo or Atari. But, but I guess when I say the, 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 the book is superficial, it's superficial. It's like, I love all those things. But the way he just used them and threw them out was just literally just to get people like me to love the book. Because he just used all these references, used all that stuff, like created an entire story around other people's creations and using other people's like creations because he wanted you to like like you like Pac-Man, you remember Pac-Man, but hey, this kid plays, he did the perfect game of Pac-Man. Oh man, the perfect game of Pac-Man. I never did the perfect game of Pac-Man, but he just used that because he was just trying to get you to to like the book. And I think I, that's I, why I understand that point that now. That that's, so that's why that's, I just that's, like... that's that's the best point you've had all night. <laughs> I, it usually takes me around because I get frustrated and my mind starts getting all weird and so but, yeah. you just you just didn't feel like you were invested with him as a character because you couldn't get behind you thought you thought that's why you thought they were superficial because you don't think it was really any point to his journey yeah and also uh, also I think the writer I, I think the way he wrote it was very superficial and he wrote it for the same reasons, like the character of the same reasons, and the writer wrote it to for the very same superficial thing. So that's it. That's why everybody's wrong. <laughs> well, sounds like all of us here are excited for Ready Player Two. Yep. We can't wait. You know, the sad part is even sad. It's even see, I'm like the only one that's excited. Even Caesar's like, ah, it's gonna be crap. No, sad I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's gonna be crap. I don't. I don't know. I'm hoping it's not crap. I'm just saying that I don't think it needs a sequel. That's why I'm hoping it's not a sequel. I'm hoping it's a, it's a completely different story. Because if it's a sequel, then I'm gonna be nervous about even reading it. No, no. The sad part after having this conversation, I'm like, maybe I'll go back and read Ready Player One. Maybe I'll read Ready Player Two just so I can have this argument again when when it comes up because he's not getting any better as a writer. It's still going to be the same. Oh, yeah. Wow, it's so funny how this this book and game, even like they said, like ten years after it been written, it got so much flack. Yeah, so fascinatingly. Um, so yeah, so those are like, uh, those are the two things that I are, well, we, we covered our topics. We didn't even get to actual any topics. We just covered headline. Oh, I put, uh, I put Ready Player Two as our topic for today. Oh, <laughs> I know we're gonna, uh... I, I, I hope there's a collector edition of Player Two. Yeah, I'll, I'll didn't, buy it. Didn't like, didn't Aaron is Klein, like the DeLorean with the, like that, I forgot the description. He like made that car, right? Didn't he? Didn't he buy it and make the car? The one that he described in the book. Like pretty in real sure. life? Yeah, in real life. I'm oh, pretty sure know. he did. He had it made. Oh, he does. Yeah, he has a DeLorean. Yeah, but I think it's like made with everything. It has like the Ghostbuster logo on the side. Oh. Yeah, I think he has like everything. Uh, still. So it's a superficial <laughs> car. Superficial car, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not questioning his fandom. He clearly loved the '80s, but I just question that he tried to milk it 
he tried to milk it. He he made the book for the Comic Con world, and he milked it. He made money. He hey. saw he saw an opportunity and he took it. He did, and he saw an opportunity to work. You're right. Yeah. Well, he got me. Maybe I'm <laughs> jealous. Maybe I'm a little jealous. And I started. We started a podcast all called Rediscover Geek because I'm so angry that he. <laughs> were you sitting or were you laying in bed when I was like, "Huh, we should start a podcast." That just touches on all the nostalgia stuff. Nostalgia, yeah, <laughs> good because that's what it is. Yeah, um, maybe I'm just angry because he did it in a book form first. Well, maybe, uh, uh, maybe we've had enough nostalgia for today. How about we start talking about what we're watching? Yeah, now? and hopefully you guys yeah. will enjoy. In about two weeks, we're going to do our '80s television and movie roundup. Oh yeah, we we speaking of nostalgia, superficial. <laughs> <laughs> so we're changing the our love of eighties movies. Yeah, we are going to do a love of eighties. Uh, a blowback. We're going to do an episode oh, where we discuss our favorite eighties movies, um, and also like commercials and stuff like that that came out then because um, there's like a few key ones that I just remember that are just like iconic in my head. Um, so that's in a couple weeks. Um, if you don't know the eighties, you can live through the eighties. Yeah, but we'll, we'll show video it. reference of everything, so you don't have to imagine what. A DeLorean with the Ghostbusters on the side looks like. Oh my yeah. gosh. Um, Hilarious. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll get off that. Um, we're coming to the end of this thing, and we'll probably end up talking for like another 20 minutes because we're not at the end. Um, hold on, Tasha. Oh, we're going to wrap up? Uh oh. <laughs> You're too loud. Yeah. Or, or should say, I oh, know <laughs> something about free comic book day lasting all summer. I'll check that out. He oh, sent wow. me a topic. This just in. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, uh, so at the beginning of the show, um, I just kind of wanted to get. Man, we just got messed up on format wise. You had a really Wait. good segue right now, Caesar. And yeah, and he totally just said nope. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm let me let, let's let's I'm for, host. You know, don't take my role. <laughs> we'll fix it. We'll fix this in post. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, enough about nostalgia. Let's go ahead and start talking about what we're watching now. That's what I said. Ah, there we go. What are you, what are you watching now there, Anthony? Oh, really? Are we going to do this? I'm just kidding. Do we want to continue talking about Ready Player One? <laughs> do we want to get in how they only had two female leads and one of them you don't find out the female to the end? Oh, that's true. I want to get how, like... Oh, yeah, now you're coming out with the big guns. Uh, Now, now all of a sudden, you got some stuff. (laughs) Where were you, like, five minutes ago? (laughs) Where were you, like, 25 minutes ago? I know. It's because I don't think about stuff. Oh, my God. You really need to write this stuff down. (laughs) I feel like winging it, though. Oh, my God. I'm watching Hannibal. I'm re-watching Hannibal. Yeah, Um, you can Google search it, too. There's multiple articles about, like... Just so you guys know, there's multiple articles about. Moving on. I'm not the only person. I'm not the only person that hated it. Go ahead. You're watching Hannibal. Oh, mo- multiple articles. Yeah, about about yeah. everybody. Special Agent Jack yeah. Crawford, I head the behavioral science unit. What are we talking about? Hannibal. 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 <laughs> really like that show. That's all. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> I I haven't. I've only watched the first few episodes. Um. And I remember why, and I watched it a long time ago, but I, when it came on Netflix, I'm actually, uh, I, I started it, but it's one that Tasha doesn't want to watch with me because she gets creeped out by Matt Nicholson, um, and just like the concept, like, so, um, 
I'm looking forward to watching it because I haven't seen it all, so it's like watching. Like I've it's heard one of those shows. Movies, yeah, but... yeah, it's one of those shows where it's fantastic. It's on. I would say it's on par with Better Call Saul. Oh, the uh, so the shots, the writing, exceptional, and the acting is just phenomenal. And this is one of those roles. Even 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 the guy who plays uh, Will Graham, just the way he, uh, it's just phenomenal. The way he he works. His kind of idiosyncrasy, ah. um, just his mannerisms, but also to the way he thinks and he's profiling these these people. It's pretty, it's pretty brilliant. And then Mads Mikkelsen is just this is one of those roles where it was just made for him. Yeah, he just he he is so chilling, and it's just it's, it's just brilliant. I, I'm really I'm really sad that they canceled it. Um, there's rumors going around that they might be trying to work in a new season. But so did it did it? Maybe I'm just reading rumors. Did Netflix pick up like a final season of it, or did they cancel it? And now the rumors are that Netflix might. Yeah, pick up a final season because I think Netflix picked up the show, but there was no there was no announcement of like a new new season being developed. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's on my it's on my watch list. Um, it's funny because like with Hannibal, what I've been watching um, is Ozark, which kind of ties in like Better Call Saul, like Bad Breaking Bad. Um, so Tasha and I have been watching Ozark, which is actually interesting because she won't watch like uh, uh, Hannibal with me, but she'll watch Ozark, which um, Patience. is, uh, I don't know if you guys, have you guys had the opportunity to watch Ozark? Yes, um, I'm watching it. Uh, I'm on, I just started season three, so I think I'm in episode two or episode three of season three, so I'm almost all caught. Yeah, I, we just, we just finished, um, we actually finished episode, uh, season three this week on Sunday. Um. And if you guys haven't watched it, it's been around for a while, so probably a chat has probably seen it, or most people have heard of it. Um, but it's an awesome. It's about a guy that's a money launderer for the Mexican cartel, and he goes down to the Ozarks in Missouri to launder money and just all the shit storm that follows him. Shit storm. It is. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of stressful <laughs> to watch, but it's a good watch, definitely. Yeah. So I've been watching that, um, and then uh, from my my geek fix. Uh, I've been doing uh, uh, Warrior Nun, which just came out on Netflix. Um, it's a new show that came out, a uh, TV series that came out, and uh, it's based off our comic book series. Um, and it's essentially in the title, it's just a Warrior Nun. You have like a Halo. Uh, she gets like a Halo. Um, I guess given like I don't know God chose her to wear an angel's halo, and it gives her superpowers to essentially fight um, uh, demons and stuff like that. But the reason I just I'm watching it is it's it's not the greatest, by the way. I'm, I'm like three episodes in. Um, but I just remember the comic book as a kid, uh, the Warrior Nut comic book, because it's based after a comic book. So um, that's that's my watch list. With superpowers? So you, you basically just said don't watch it because it's not the greatest. Well, I also said Kindred's not the greatest. I told everyone. It's entertaining. Like if you like like warriors, you like demons. It's fun. It's like like Buffy. You know, it's not. Um, actually, I don't want to crash Buffy. I don't know. It could get better. Um, it's not the worst show, but I just like like all fantasy. I like it could, all like. It, it could be as bad as Ready Player One. 
apparently. It's just not dealing with nostalgia. Yeah, it could be as bad as Ready Player One. You're right. But I've been watching that, and I'm a completionist on TV series, not video games. <laughs> we have a recommendation by the Enforcer CVB. Uh, Caesar, watch El Dragon on Netflix. You'll dig it. Oh, yeah. El Dragon. So, El Dragon. So write that down. Um, you sold me. See, I did sell somebody. Warrior none. It's okay. <laughs> I heard I did. I heard a, like a, not a great review about it though. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> I'll probably watch the first episode. I mean, the trailer looked good to me, so enough yeah. to enough to get me to a real being. It's none that fight demons. That's that's it. I'm not watching anything right now. I'm actually playing video games. I'm still playing The Last of Us. But there was a documentary I did watch that's also on Netflix. And this is a bit of nostalgia. I'm not sure if anybody out there has ever heard of um, Walter Mercado. Uh, He was very popular in uh, Spanish television. But uh, they have a really good documentary on him. I grew up uh, watching him because my mom used to watch him. Uh, So as a kid, my mom used to have her TV on and she would watch him and... You know, he just—he's out there just reading your horoscope. <laughs> that was his show. Seriously, he had like an hour show where he would just read it. He was uh, an astrologist, and you know, he—he he was very well known for his look, for his ridiculous outfits, his capes, his lion mane of hair that he had. But he was really big uh, in his time, um, and. One day he just disappeared. I don't know where he, he just stopped seeing him on TV. Um, but this documentary actually covers everything about what happened. Uh, a very tragic story about what happened to him. Um, but yeah, this documentary you learn so much about him, and he actually was a really humble dude. Um, very nice guy and very genuine. And it's, you watch this documentary, you actually really feel for the guy. But very very good watch. Uh, if you got to see, if you grew up with a with a Mexican mom or a Spanish mom, chances are you know who this is. So I did. I know who this was, and uh, yeah, one one documentary I highly recommend. So check it out. I'll, I'll definitely check it out. I when you were telling me, like I'd never heard of him, um, but just like just the idea of somebody just going on TV and reading astrology, <laughs> reading your horoscope, like that fascinates me because clearly he had a huge fan base. Like just looking at the trailer, it's incredible. Yeah, he had a huge, huge fan base, and it's one of those things where you know he creates a character and then he just becomes that character. He he owns it. And that's that's who he becomes, and yeah, it's such a great it's a great documentary. Uh, definitely recommend it. Awesome. Um, all right, that's that's that segment on what we're watching. So we'll wrap this up. Um, thank you everybody in the chat for watching. Next week, um, we're gonna give you guys a little teaser so you guys know what we're talking about next week. What up? Is this your SDCC 2020 cosplay, Caesar? Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I can't pull off that main. <laughs> Um, my respects funny. to him. My respects to him, but I cannot pull off that main. I will not do it justice. Um, so next week, uh, we're gonna do a topic that uh, I'm actually on this text message, like a group group text with uh, a bunch of friends from back home. Um, and my brother sent a text about like who do we think is like who's your top villain in movie or television? Like who do you think was played the best villain? And so we've been going back and forth on this text message uh, on who who we think or just like throwing out like things that should bring back nostalgia 
<laughs> superficial superficial nostalgia um and so next week's topic i got these guys to um uh to uh talk about it next week so we're gonna we're gonna focus on we're gonna come so everybody in the chat next week we're talking top villains um and who we remember and who like played the most iconic and, villain. And, and, it's it's any villain, right? It doesn't have to be to a specific genre, just all villains. No, it's all villains. Yeah. It could be it could be like if it happens to be like a superhero, like if you're in a superhero theme. But um I think villains like transcend uh genres and the more normal people n- normal person could be like a uh top villain is Jansen. I, I'll take Oh <laughs> Oh <laughs> You know, it's funny because we started this, we started the show off and Caesar was being really mean. And I was like, man, he's going to take like my thunder. I was being very opinionated. Yeah. And then I slowly took it back. You were being mean. Yeah. Just just keep that in mind. Don't take things from me. I'll take them back. (laughs) Um, So yeah, next week we're going to talk about villains. Um, and Anthony, I know you wanted to touch base on vampires again. I, I love the vampire conversation. You know, I love vampires. Keep it going, man. Um, were you gonna talk, or are you just gonna? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was good set. I wanna, I wanna rewatch uh, Blade because it just came out on HBO Max, and I feel like that was one of the best post Batman '89 superhero movies yep. of all time. Hard to argue. And it that. just, it's, oh, it's just yeah. so good. I remember watching it over and over too a lot, just because it just, I thought. Everything about that movie is just top notch, and I know Wesley Snipes gets a bad rap, which is unfortunate because I think he's a very, very talented um, entertainer, martial artist. Yeah, yeah, entertainer. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so we're gonna be talking that. So if you guys rewatch it, it's on HBO. Um, I'll definitely, I'll actually watch it with Anthony, unlike you guys. I won't just watch it. Oh, oh, oh. And hey, then, I watched an episode. Yeah, well. I'm going to watch this. So next week we're oh, talking. Oh, yeah, because you're going to have a hard time watching Blade. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not feeling nostalgic right now. So, <laughs> so um, that's next week's episode. Thank you for watching. Um, follow all of us. Um, or actually follow our handles. Reach out to us if you guys have any questions. Anthony's taking over Instagram because um, I can't do it. So if you're... Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll still be on Twitter, sorta. So if you guys experience stuff, but um, yeah, thank you for watching, uh, guys. Great show. Uh, thank you for coming. Um, and we'll see you next week on Tuesday at 7 p.m. where we will rediscover your geek. Your geek. Wow, fell, <laughs> fell. <laughs> there we go. Thank you, guys. Take it easy. Bye, guys. Good night.